Welcome to Otani Comes to America, a podcast about the two-way baseball player sensation, Shohei Otani. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. We're at the all-star break of the regular season for 2022. Basically the halfway mark, not exactly, but it's kind of that benchmark for the season. And this is the first episode we're doing since the start of the season. We thought about doing it mid-May, end of May, whatever, but it was a little quiet at first. June was where it really kind of took off for Otani. It just felt like the right time to kind of take a break and look at how the season's been going so far for him, for the Angels. But I guess before we get into the details, how have you felt overall about the season for Otani so far? I feel like it's closely related to our releases of the episode or like what you just said where obviously we started off the season kind of gave what we expected from him blah blah all that good stuff and then season started you know first month and all that and it's like oh so hey wake up man what are we doing here not in a bad way but it's kind of like for lack of a better word like boring he was just kind of doing his thing giving you bare minimum almost uh Again, coming off the MVP season, we were kind of spoiled and that happened. You know, we move into May and it's like, all right, a little bit more of the same. But then, like you said, June comes in and the juices start flowing and it's like, all right, show haste back. The arm is fully healthy. That boy's pitching. That boy's hitting. Like everything is just kind of going back in rhythm, back to what we saw him do the season before. So bit of a rocky start and now back in motion and we're back on that watch of how many records does Otani set this month again like what we're used to seeing where dudes breaking the Babe Ruth records or setting records no one's ever set before so we're back on that train yeah and sometimes those are a little bit just you know he's gonna break tons of records because he's so unique and no one's even come close but then some also are even let's say just on a pitching level or just on a hitting level like even some that just happened, he broke records by Nolan Ryan and, you know, all these people that are great in their own right too, not just on a two-way comparison. But yeah, so let's jump into each of the sides for him so far. I think pitching is always a little more interesting to start out just because the hitting's kind of a given. We saw in the earlier seasons how pitching is, you know, definitely not always guaranteed, whether health or just performance. But so far this year, he won was the opening day starter for the Angels, which for those who don't know, it's essentially putting it there like you're our ace, you're our number one, you lead the rotation. I was lucky enough to make that game too, so hey. out here, you know, showing up for Angels history <laughs> since I can't be there for Yankees history, but I like it. I respect it. And he had a great game, 9Ks over 4.2 innings, one and run one walk, four hits, 50 strikes on 80 pitches. And, you know, some people who are in baseball might be thinking, oh, not that many pitches, kind of a shorter start. But it's at the beginning of the season when you're ramping up. It was also a shortened spring training with a lockout, etc. So it was totally normal. And to have nine strikeouts and not even five innings is very impressive. Yeah, this one was super impressive because of that. It was like, oh, shit, this dude picking up right where he left off. Again, to start off, to get 9Ks only in 80 pitches, which, again, if you don't know baseball much, this is kind of normal for everyone, not just Shohei, who's 
had injuries in the past. Like same thing for Garrett Cole and yeah. any of the other great pitchers that pitch. Usually have a slight pitch limit to begin the season. They don't want their aces getting injured right off the bat just to throw, you know, 120 day one. So, And we're not going to go into every start, but the next one was notable too because he pitched against the Rangers, but it didn't go well. Had six earned runs in 3.2 innings pitched. So that was arguably his worst start of the year so far. But it's also, again, you're getting warmed up early on, still getting back into the swing of things, etc. So I don't think, you know, you put too much stock in that. Cole, who you mentioned, he had some rough starts at the beginning of the season as well. He's leveled out. And then afterwards in April and most of May, Otani was back to being pretty solid not giving up tons of runs, having pretty good starts. On May 5th, he pitched at Fenway, looked amazing against the Red Sox, 81 strikes on 99 pitches, which is just insane. Incredible control and dominance, and 11 strikeouts, 29 swings and misses. Like Basically, one stat connected to it is no baseball pitcher has ever had more strikes with fewer pitches in a game since they started counting in the late 80s. So that gives some sense of it. And, you know, in the same game, just casually hitting a blast against the green monster that knocked his number off the scoreboard and just being a beast as usual. That was definitely one start I remember where people were going crazy over just the dominance and so forth. That was probably one of his best starts so far. And then at the end of May, he did have his... Probably other two worst starts so far, and they were back-to-back. One was at home against the Blue Jays, five run runs and six innings pitched. And then at the start of June, coming off that, went back to the Bronx where he struggled last time in a game that I had gone to. And in this one, I was supposed to. It got moved because of rain and was part of a day-night doubleheader, etc. So it didn't work out, but maybe for the best because he gave up four in runs and three innings pitched although those were to fellow MVP candidate Aaron Judge, Matt Carpenter, who's been insane somehow, and Labor Torres, who's also having a great year. So it's not like they were cheap shots either, but he's definitely not having something work in Yankee Stadium for whatever reason. But that could possibly be not just for that start, but in general, because he was potentially tipping pitches. We don't have any confirmation of that, but Basically, for people who don't know, that's when you are kind of giving out a sign without realizing of what pitch you're going to throw. So teams who pick up on that can have an advantage because they know what's coming. Whether that's true or not, he started to use PitchCom after, which is new in baseball this season, where basically the catcher has like a little device on their equipment, like on their knee, and they plug in a certain combination to electronically relay to the pitcher in their hat what they are calling to throw. And since then, and just in general, in his last six pitching starts before the All-Star break, this is coming off that Yankee start, he's just been insane. 0.45 ERA, which is basically untouchable. Around 40 innings pitch, 20 hits, two earned runs, 11 walks, and 58 strikeouts. I mean, just unbelievable numbers. And even in his very last start before the All-Star break, six innings pitched, four hits, one and run, two walks, 12 strikeouts, 105 pitches. And in these games, he's also hitting on offense and 
bringing in his own run support and etc and drawing the fans and all this stuff so quite a way to finish on the pitching end before the break brings his era down for the season so far to 2.38 which is great and been looking really good these numbers are pretty damn impressive i would say this is probably even a better stretch than he had any time last season mm-hmm. during his mvp season in terms of just numbers and pure just nastiness like dominance like even just having that 0.45 era during that stretch is crazy he's fanning a bunch you're seeing a bunch of swing and misses which i know he always gets those but i think he's getting those at like a higher rate than usual which is pretty crazy maybe that is pitch calm like you said maybe not but he seems like he found something i know there's like a little bit of a blunder in between with the two games he had uh, against the blue jays and the bombers the yankees are the yankees literally the best team this year you almost don't want to blame him for that because even me i'm a little guilty of it i felt like shohei never really wanted that smoke like he never really wants that spotlight that's why quote-unquote he didn't want to play for the yankees or whatever but then he throws a performance like he does at fenway which he ends up saying that it's like one of his favorite parks which i give him that a lot of pitchers say that goes and just shows off and throws a dominant 11k performance that's insane so we see that he could do it in a tough spot tough stadium like not the home crowd so that kind of, you know, pushes it away. Again, he has to have that dominant Yankee Stadium start, and we can for sure, like, erase that. But maybe not. You know, it's the Yankees. It's fine to have one kryptonite, you know, and <laughs> I'm okay with it being the Yankees. I'm completely fine with that. Kill everyone else except the Yanks. But yeah, super impressive. This gets him back to possible Cy Young conversations now. Pitching has been great all around. Throughout the majors, there's, like, great pitching everywhere so he's gonna have a a lot of competition when it comes to that but if he keeps throwing like this even if he doesn't get mvp he's gonna get a lot of cy young consideration i do think though he'll get more mvp consideration than cy young with the cy young since it's so pitching focused like he's definitely in the running but i think since people might think he'll get mvp or that's like what he's more going for then maybe there won't be as much support on the pitching end i don't know Especially when you have people like Shane McClanahan who have just been going off this year. And even with MVP, like judges heavily in the race, even though he's not a pitcher, so there's stuff there. But, you know, we still got a second half of the season to go. So a lot can happen. Not to get into that conversation right now, because I kind of don't even have like fully formed thoughts around it. But somehow, some way, all the stats and like polls I see, I guess, I don't even know what to consider him i still see judge being like the leader in mvp votes i don't know how uh to this point i think it is still kind of more impressive what like otani's doing and judge has seemed to hit a little bit of a dip in terms of like stats but now i feel like the tables have turned a little bit where like judge is gonna have to climb up to the otani level or whoever the next one is i don't know alvarez where i mean obviously i would prefer otani to be the leader in that at least for now but now it's up for grab because at least at the beginning of the year like april may it seemed like judge was running away with it but that's not the case anymore yeah i think when you have especially after that june that otani had you just can't deny especially on both sides of the ball what he's bringing to the team and you know again with one roster spot which is very valuable to teams and 
just to have a player this good on both sides is insane. But speaking of that too, on the hitting end for the first half, through the all-star break, you want to take us a little bit into how that's gone? Slow start. Nothing crazy again. All of Shohei's game was uh, on a bit of a snooze to start off the season. Nothing really impressive. Took him a little bit of ramp it up. Doesn't get his first home run until April 15th, which is kind of... I mean, the season did start a week later, but still, yeah. Yeah, still, you want to see the, the Shohei, the sensation, just hit a bomb to start off. Yeah, it's like the season hasn't officially started until we get in. Yeah, exactly. Game. Like, I went to opening day. I kind of want to see the home run. <laughs> I mean, you got the strikeouts and shit, but let's hit a nuke. Took him a few days, you know, a little bit over a week, but he got it. Ended up getting two that one day just to get it started. Still didn't have the best April, just low numbers overall. Nothing notable until May, where he hit his first career Grand Slam. Which is crazy. Like, I for sure thought that it already happened. I feel like he got a Grand Slam one of those days. Remember that every time after, like, what was it? Every time he got bad news, he had, like, the game of his fucking life. Like, three bombs, a a double. I felt like one of those was a Grand Slam, but apparently not. That's funny, because I was literally thinking the same thing of, like, a game in Texas against the Rangers. He hit a Grand Slam after, you know saying he was out for the season or something like that no yeah exactly it's one of those where again we talk about stats and shit he does how have we not talked about him getting a grand (laughs) slam but we got it out of the way and that same game he actually had two which again they come in bunches for Shohei he hits two one of them happened to be back to back with Trout so the boys got us started on May 14th the boy hits his 100th career home run also crazy to say yeah like it makes sense but it also doesn't feel like it's been that long. Yeah, exactly. I mean, also a little easier when you're fucking blasting over 30 a season. But yeah. again, it's fucking insane that we're like talking about, if you listen to the last episode, this is like season five technically of it. Shohei has gone through all the injuries he's had. We're actually here like at number 100, you know. Where could we have been? 125, 150 at least. maybe by now. It's part of the game though. Everyone gets injured, I guess. Just to get, you know, the good old Beboo stat out of the way. He's only the second player in MOB history to hit up 100 bombs and also strike out 250 batters. Joining Babe Ruth. Also joins Matsui, Hideki the Goat, and Ichiro as the only players born in Japan with over 100 bombs. Also crazy. He did have some things that we might touch on later, but he did have 11 game hit streak in June. Tied for his longest in his career. But overall hitting stats so far for the year in 89 games, getting close to 400 plate appearances. He's at 382, 51 runs, 86 hits, which is pretty nice. 15 of them doubles, 19 bombs, 56 RBIs, 10 stolen bases. The boy's got the hot wheels still. Mm-hmm. That That's never going away. He's working in his walks with 44. Does have 91 strikeouts, but that's truly part of the game now. No excuses for anyone. I mean... Yankee fans, we have Judge, we have Gallo. I mean, yeah, 91, I wish, you know. And as a team, I think the Angels lead the league in strikeouts. We'll get to the Angels. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, batting average, it is a little low, but batting average is low around the league. Again, no excuses, but have to get put with your peers. So just putting that into reference, it is 258, 835 OPS, and 135 OPS plus, which... Again, pretty good numbers. Looking at these, if you would have put 
them in front of me at the end of the first half in terms of like, oh, here's what he'll do. I wouldn't have been mad at this. Like, he's had worse first halves, and I feel like, especially with what we just saw in June, he's only getting started, and he's going to go on a tear, I think, during the second half. Yeah, and again, we're talking about these numbers, which I personally think they're pretty good. This is with a slow start, like a yeah. very slow start, where not that we were scared, but we were for sure like, oh, this ain't, this ain't the last year. Yeah, we're like, just waiting for it to crack open. Yeah, so assuming that he keeps on going with what came of him like later on in May, and to continue that way, then yeah, these numbers are only going to go up. And they were also good enough to make it to the All-Star game which has fan voting and other stuff, so it's not the best measure necessarily. But regardless, second year in a row, brought in as a pitcher and a position player. Again, he's the only player in baseball history to be an all-star as both a pitcher and a hitter. And so he was basically brought on as the ALDH first up in the lineup. It was announced already ahead of time that he wouldn't be pitching just because of how it lined up with his timing, even though I think they could have done it for just an inning because it would have only pushed him back a day. And as we'll get to with the Angels, they're not in a super urgent position to win at the moment. And so regardless, he didn't pitch, but let off the game, got a hit off Kershaw after he called right before he was going up to the plate. First pitch, first swing, that's it, which is hilarious. And he literally did that even though he got picked off by Kershaw at first after. But that's just a funny idea. Like, why did you get that in your head? You're just going to swing at the first pitch in this case, no matter what. Like, it could have been terrible, but worked out. He got a hit out of it and seemed like he was having a good time at the All-Star game festivities in general. Saw tons of photos of him with different players. Like, everyone wants to get a picture of Otani when he's walking around the red carpet stuff, etc. He's always mobbed always has the most press people around him. Didn't do the derby this year, so he wasn't part of the home run festivities, but kind of understandable. I mean, last year we saw he was gassed by the end. I do hope he does it again in the future, but like I got it for this year. Like he probably just wanted to rest and stuff. Yeah, the boy showed off. I mean, first of all, red carpet, looking sharp, looking nice, you know, top button on button, but bro looks sharp. I don't even know. Was that like a green suit or something he was wearing? Yeah, it was like a dark green suit. Yeah, respect it. Give him a, I don't know, give him an 8. <laughs> 8 out of 10. He could spice it up, but that's fine. You can't peak too early. You know, long career ahead. But yeah, dude, have fun. I, I really like that. That little, like, oh, what you gonna do here? And he's like, oh, don't worry about it. First pitch, first swing, boom. And I was like thinking about it. And it's like, yo, that's fucking genius. Like, <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? You whiff at it? It is what it is. But what's the best? You hit a bomb and technically call it. It's almost like a Babe Ruth moment. I mean, he ends up getting like a single down the middle. It works out. It's pretty funny. Which, by the way, I also want to mention, I don't tend to watch the All-Star games that much. Or sometimes I like have it on, tune in or watch the highlights. This time I did happen to watch it. And, you know, MOB kind of did good. Bunch of interviews. Oh, yeah. I saw a bunch of mic'd up stuff and all that. Mike Dub, like, during the game, while pitchers were pitching, which is pretty impressive. Like, I have seen the outfielder and shit, you know, like, you give it yeah. to one of the corner guys, like, they're probably not going to get action. I feel like a step in the right direction in terms of, like, growing the game, having fun, showing the personalities. Shohei did his part, 
like you said, it would have been dope to see him throw at least an inning. I don't see why they couldn't have done it. Got his hit. Funny that he gets picked off literally a few pitches right after. Juices were flowing. That boy was about to steal. I have a feeling. But I feel like last year was almost like that Shohei thing where everyone literally was there probably to enjoy Shohei. This time, he's humble. You know what I mean? He doesn't want the spot like, like that. Like Let the other players shine. So he did that. He like settled down. One in the background, let the other players shine. and Yeah, but it ends up working out. I liked it. Good job on the All-Star game overall. All right, so let's move on, as usual, to the Angels part of the podcast as well. We like to focus on Otani first and then the team second. And let's just say it has been a very typical Angels year, but somehow even worse than usual. They got off to actually a great start, 27-17, and 17. things were rolling, players like Taylor Ward coming alive and being great pieces of the team. They had this cowboy hat, kind of like the Blue Jays home run jacket, where they were using after home runs and adding stickers and all this stuff, and seemed like the whole team was having fun in general. And then at some point, it just totally collapsed they went on a 14 game losing streak which was terrible joe madden got fired right after it and for some reason the angels decided hey phil nevin the guy who the yankees didn't even want to keep as their third base coach let's have him just be the interim coach for the rest of the year which to me is just like baffling you can't call yourself someone who's trying to go to the playoffs And hire someone like Phil Nevin, who it's only been confirmed through how he's managed the team that he's like an old school, tough guy type dude who I wouldn't trust with this team within five feet. So I never understood that decision. Even just as you say some of this chaos, all I could do is like shake my head. It's like, how do you even let this happen? And it does suck. Like. There was something weird at the beginning of the season where it felt like, yo, are the Angels cooking with fire right now? Like, is this actually working? You know, they were winning at, like, a higher clip than the last couple seasons. Like, Yeah, I mean, you didn't see them as, like, a giant, but you thought, oh, they have a good shot to get into the playoffs finally. No, yeah, like, they have not the strongest division. I mean, obviously, the Astros are still there, but it was like, yo, they, like, they're in this. And, man... <laughs> that shit crashed so fucking fast like historically bad yeah and then you start to consider like everything you just mentioned the amount of managers they're going through like just talking about a team sport that even if it's not baseball like most team sports it has to do with chemistry it has to do with like relationships and just working together if you can't even lock down a manager like for arguably the two greatest baseball players our generation is seeing what are you doing and it's one of those where like yo if you step back and just see what's happening with this organization is this is like horrendous like i would hate to be an angel fan and be listening to talking angels or whatever it is you know otani comes to america you know (laughs) but listening to this like nightmare of a organization in terms of like your team possibly winning it's just literally mega how to run an organization for dummies and like read it because this team needs help yeah and the coaching is also not just the managers either it's everyone like 
Trout even called out when one of their own pitchers was tipping when the pitching Bruh. coach didn't even realize. And then, like, Taylor Ward gets thrown out at first when Maldonado sneaks up <sighs> behind him. It's, like, little league stuff that, like, what are you doing? Like, your whole coaching organization is just terrible. Yeah, like, yo, you're embarrassing Mike Trout <laughs> in-game with cameras on him. Like, if you haven't seen that footage, go watch it. It was... I hate to even use the word, like, cringe or whatever, but it was one of those where you're like, oh, my God, is this really happening? Like, Mike Trout's in the outfield, literally center field fucking, I don't know how many feet away from the pitcher. He can see that the pitcher is tipping his pitches or something like that and is literally, like, making the motion of, like, dude, like, get it together. Look, you're doing this and that. This guy is seeing that from, like, (laughs) literally hundreds of freaking feet away. And your freaking pitching coach can't tell you that while he's supposed to be watching you and like, or even your catcher, bro. Like, come yeah. on now. The guy you're freaking playing catch with couldn't, it was, oh my God. It's one of those where you're like, this is from like a bad news bears movie type, like, why is this happening type thing? Well, even worse too, like right after the game, Phil Nevin was like, oh yeah, we were doing it on purpose. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You are not doing that. You're just trying to cover yourself. You're just making it sound so much worse. Dude, yeah, like it's horrendous. But we can move on because, yeah, this is doesn't get better. Yeah, so basically right now at the All-Star break, the Angels are 39-53, and 53, 14 games under 500, 20.5 games back in the division. They're only fourth place because the A's are like one of the worst teams in the league. And they're 10.5 games from the wild card. So... Are they going to miss the playoffs again? Yes, I would put money on that happening. Don't see that being a possibility. The other big thing that factored into this too was that they had a huge brawl with the Mariners on June 26th, where basically teams had been throwing at each other, not necessarily on purpose because there was also stuff about slippery baseballs and etc., which is an actual problem, but it escalated, turned into this big benches-clearing brawl, Tons of people got suspended, etc. And since that point, the Angels have just tanked even further. They literally have only won the games that Otani's pitched in and lost every single other game. They've been one of the worst teams in baseball for over a month anyway, especially when Otani's not on the mound. And it's become a thing now, too, of like this tungsten arm O'Doyle day where it's like, Otani and Trout do something amazing in a game and the Angels still lose somehow. Like they always find a way to lose even with these two generational talents giving a great performance on a given day. They'll blow it. It sucks because the Angels have become like uh, one of the baseball memes. Like you said, those are actually kind of funny when I see them. Like the, oh, and Otani goes back to back with Trout. Well, the Angels are only down 8-2. to two. <laughs> And you're like, oh my god. Like, they're so bad. And yeah, the brawl. Biggest brawl we've seen in a while. Yeah. Go watch the John Boy breakdown. If you haven't seen the fight, that's probably your best look at understanding it. Players going crazy. Pitchers going crazy. Rendon fighting with a fucking cast on. <laughs> you know, all the usual. <laughs> it's in there. Go watch it. John Boy kills it. And then on top of that, on the flip side, the Mariners... Go on a crazy streak, win 14 in a row going into the All-Star break. They went like 10-1 and one during the time when all their suspended players were out, even though they like staggered it. But still, that brawl single-handedly 
was like the final nail in the coffin for the Angels. And then it brought back to life the Mariners season. So now it's like the Mariners are looking like they're going to make the playoffs with how they've been doing. Angels, meanwhile, are, they're not technically out of contention. If they had an amazing second half, you know, it would take something crazy, but they could do it. But they've been playing with no fire, no energy, no fun. Pretty much every player is slumping besides Otani right now. Trout, like we talked about, he's still Trout. He'll do good. Taylor Ward had an amazing start, has kind of slowed down, but his numbers are still good overall. Jared Walsh has been not his self that he showed the past seasons. Rendon, besides not being great to start, once again out for the season. I mean, dude, that dude is made out of glass more than Buxton. Like, he's crazy. I saw this stat the other day. Uh, the Yankees were playing Boston. Uh, something horrible happened when... Chris Sale got injured. I don't know if yeah, yeah. You saw that. Broke his finger pretty much. But he's had a kind of a sucky career with the Red Sox. Like he's been injured a lot of the times. And the stat was that I think Chris Sale had been injured for 54% of his time as a Red Sox. <laughs> What's the stat on the Rendon? Rendon's got to be, yeah, like 80% or something. I'm going to say 80, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like maybe 70. Give him a little bit of leeway awful fucking contract for the angels again nothing new the angels gonna angels it seems like it's part of their <laughs> fucking a curse i don't know the angel curse where like yo just these contracts are terrible their big contracts are bad i think the angels aren't i mean they're for sure not statistically out of it yet but i think they have given up for the season and outside of otani trout maybe brandon marsh and adele still i think everyone like if a team wants to trade i think the angels are gonna give whoever they want i would not be surprised if within the next week or two you start seeing them make some changes get rid of some players because they're almost pulling out the white flag for the season yeah i don't know for sure yet how big of a seller they'll be for the trade deadline i mean there's even speculation about otani although i don't see that happening nah but they can't be buyers at this point either. Like, there's no. no way for you to make this your year to push. And, I mean, you, you were mentioning those guys in the lineup. Aside from that, the bottom of their lineup is so bad. It's like ranked last in the league. Just dead nothing there at all. Yeah, like, I went to a game, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. And I saw the bottom of their lineup <laughs> was literally, like, as starters. I forget how I texted... It was literally like Squid. Shout out to Squid. He did his time with the Yankees. Tyler Wade and like, fuck, I don't even know. Like another player, one of those players in the Angels that I don't even really fucking know. And I was just like, yeah, this is bound <laughs> to be horrific. Like literally their lineup is the first four batters yeah. with like, you know, Trout, Tani, Marsh, and Walsh. Ward, yeah. Everyone else is like, because even Taylor Ward, he's like, those numbers have like. No, yeah, he pulled off for sure. Lately, right? Yeah, so I don't know that they are sellers, but I'd be surprised if they don't take advantage of it and just just trade something, make something out of it. Yeah, and they're pitching also. I mean, Otani, we've talked about his. He's been overall great. Sandoval, still been solid. I believe in him as a pitcher, and he has a 3.0 ERA right now. Can't complain about that, especially it's his like second or third year. Thor has been... As I expected, like, very middle of the pack, not his old self. He has a four ERA right now. 
Lorenzen has a 5 ERA. Detmers had the no-hitter, but otherwise he's at like a 4 ERA as well. Their rotation is not good. Like, they don't have any real support for Otani there. And even the bullpen, they had added some pieces. They got Tapera and Loop, who also both have ERAs over 4 at this point. I mean, it's a little different for relievers, but even bringing back Atlasius as the closer, I was very much in support of that. He looked great the past years, especially last year, and he had 2.5 and 2.7 ERA in the past couple years. Now he's at a 4.5, and he's just been awful, already almost given up as many earned runs as last year in total. And, like, Otani tries to go deep in games because he doesn't trust the bullpen. Like, he literally told Phil Nevin when he tried to take him out, like, no, this is my game. Like, (laughs) I'm finishing this. (laughs) Like, he's set himself to, like, he keeps track of his pitch count and all that stuff. So, I mean, the Angels are just a mess front to bottom. I don't know. It's, It's crazy. Like, we're not even Angels fans. We pay attention to the team because of Otani. And we see... They always find a way to screw things up, be cursed, whatever. Just embarrassing, and they're a frustrating team. Like, I can't imagine that being, like, my main team, which I'm sure at least some of our listeners are, and I feel for you in that pain. It's brutal. Like, the whole organization, like we talked about, is just not set up well. And it sucks for Otani, too. Yeah, it's pretty well said. Not much I could add to that. I guess let's have fun with it. What's more likely, Otani trade or Trout trade? <laughs> Otani, honestly. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about it a little bit. Obviously, this would be more of a broader baseball conversation and less of an Otani angel conversation, but I'd be interested in seeing that. Let's put it this way. Otani's like at a prison right now. <laughs> Man's locked up, not happy. <laughs> Even if he is kind of happy, you know. I mean, those fish tacos only hitting so hard, you know what I mean? <laughs> so much the dude almost has mercury poisoning at this point <laughs> there's only so many tacos you could eat let's do it for ipe bro like ipe wants to see another city where would be dope for otani to go doesn't even have to be realistic again we're kind of just having fun with it since the angels don't want to have fun this would be for this season that you're saying yeah like i don't know in a few weeks we hear right. yo the angels are working out a trade with <laughs> okay so i want it to be a contender because we know he wants to win right so hypothetically, let's see, I'm looking over the team list now. Uh, uh, uh. I got one AL and two NL for you. Give me NL first since you got two. All right. So in the NL, here are my two options. One, Brewers. They're known for their pitching. They need more bats. For some reason, <laughs> I can picture him in that uniform. I feel like it would look good. Baby blue one on Altani would go crazy. Okay. That was, that's a little left field. I'll give you that one. And then the second one, probably a little more obvious. I don't know if they could swing the cash, but the Padres, you know, he wouldn't have to move too far. He could just go down the coast, still be comfortable. Fish tacos, man. <laughs> but he goes to a contender that, I mean, their pitching has been pretty solid. They could always use an ace like him, and definitely on batting, they could, I'm sure, use his help. How many games are, are the Padres? Padres are in the wild card right now. They're way behind the Dodgers in the division, but they're in the second wild card at the moment. Gotcha. And then my AL team, this is more for fun, but they're actually 
good and exciting this year, I'm going to go with the Orioles. Just because it would be an amazing story. What? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I don't know if I want that. Though. That means Otani's facing the Yankees all the time. That is true, yeah. It is crazy because the Orioles have been one of those crazy stories. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they make the playoffs. That is very left field. More left field, I think, than the Brewers. But <laughs> you know what's funny? I'd probably take that over seeing them in the fucking Angels again. I mean, the only other thing I can think of doing as part of this little thing is, like, the teams I don't want to see Otani go mm, to. I mean, that list is long. Yeah. I'll just give you two obvious ones. I don't want to see him go to Houston, obviously. Mm-hmm. Contender team, trying to win it all. Also, the Mets. I don't <laughs> want to see him in the Mets. If I'm not seeing him in the Yankees. Steve Cohen, go away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they definitely have the money. I know this is more of a trade thing. It's not really a money thing, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I'd take them even in St. Louis or Minnesota, who are mm-hmm. contenders, but just out of there, I don't even want to get into it. There's a lot of things going on with Juan Soto and other people to trade. I would just say, don't go to the fucking Dodgers. That I'm fed up. I, I hate the Dodgers getting their way every season, getting everyone they want, while the Yankees get IKF, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. The Dodgers are just going to get Luis Castillo instead, so it's fine. Oh, God. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's 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 move on because I don't want to get mad here. <laughs> but yeah, basically, I don't think either of us believe that the Angels will trade Otani, but just a little brain exercise, thought scenario. In the meantime, just for fun, because, man, it, it is just brutal. Please prove us wrong. <laughs> just trade him for fun. Just to prove us wrong. <laughs> Out of spite. Just be petty. Get rid of him. Or Trout. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care. Trade Trout to the Phillies. Give him what he always secretly wanted. I take that. That shit would actually be fun. He would fit in well with their team, I think. Make that happen, please. Get one of them out. One at a time. Well, if Otani does get traded, we'll definitely be back for an episode right after to react. But otherwise, we'll see how things go in the second half. As usual, if something big or noteworthy happens, we'll definitely jump on to cover it. Otherwise, we'll kind of wait for enough to accumulate that'll be interesting to talk about. Not necessarily waiting till the end of the season, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully Otani comes out of the break with some renewed energy and has a hot second half and snatches that MVP without a doubt. Obviously, we ended it this way. I don't want this to become a Angels hating podcast, which yeah. is kind of becoming. And I'm kind of okay with it. Like, it's their fault. It's not us. We're not making shit up. It's kind of just facts, but let's make some changes. I'll just leave it at that. And that wraps it up for this episode of Otani Comes to America in the fifth season. I'm Jack. You could find me at Jack Flume Summer, Summer with an O on everything. And I'm Kev. You could find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. And that takes us through the 2022 All-Star break with Shohei Otani, a.k.a. The Greatest Showman. A.k.a. Showtime. A.k.a. Two-Way Shohei. A.K.A. the Anaheim star boy. A.K.A. the six-tool player. A.K.A. the double-trouble ring-slinger-dinger hitter. A.K.A. Shohei the money. A.K.A. the boss of all clout. A.K.A. Otani B. A.K.A. Mr. Hot Wheels. A.K.A. Mayamo Otani. A.K.A. Swohei Brotani. A.K.A. Shohei got the pop, Shohei got the smoke. A.K.A. uh, let me get a number 17, please. What's that? An Apple Taco. AKA 
the low leaguer of the big leagues. AKA MLB The Show, better than a video game player. AKA the Bart Boy No Simpson. AKA Pion, all gas, no brakes. AKA the California Cowboy. Yeehaw.